owner's marital status. Happily married to a dead woman. Excuse me, are you open? Mm-hmm. Open as a tomb on Easter. Now, what can I ding-dong diddly do for you? <laughs> Boy, they don't make them like you in L.A. Oh, I should say not. I gave up on L.A. when those TV people made that poor nun fly. All those Puerto Ricans looking up her dress, that's not right. <laughs> do you have any left-handed eyelash curlers? Do I? No, I don't, but I can have them here by Tuesday. Well, for now I'll take a left-handed crimper. <gasps> Why, you are gorgeous. You don't know who I am, do you? I sure do. You're the most important person in the world because you're my customer. <laughs> are you for real? I'm as real as the nose on your face. Yeah, real. Well, it looks good. And it sounds pretty, too. Thanks. I'll see you later. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review episode EABF08. It is A Star is Born Again. I am Dando. I am Guy. Nice to be here talking about uh, oh, romance, love, sex, <laughs> and, um, and other fun stuff. Were you as surprised with the sex in this episode as I was? This was a rather sexy episode. Yeah. It was something ribald, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, yeah. and for it to be a Flanders episode as well, and to include... <laughs> to, to, just seeing Flanders going at it, I was like, oh my. But, uh, I appreciated it. It's a, it's a yeah. new side of Flanders that we never really get to see. Flanders can cle clearly cut it in the sack. Mm, yeah, apparently <laughs> so. Well, we have seen that he's hung like a donkey, but... Yes, you know, he's got the stupid sexy Flanders butt and... Uh, Keeps himself you know, in shape, yeah. Got the rig, as they call it. So, yeah, it's not surprising that he um, can cut the mustard, so to speak. So, But yes, I was surprised by the sex in this episode. Also surprised by how just generally enjoyable I found this. This was a, um, a good fun episode for mine. Marissa Tomei was so good as Sarah Sloan, I thought. She made the character so likeable. Who doesn't like Marissa Tomei, I've got to say. Oh, I know, right? But she just like this <laughs> this Sarah Sloan character, they could have easily taken the the, the 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 route of, oh, she's a dumb blonde from Hollywood. But no, she had substance to her and like I said, Marissa Tomei really made you fall in love with the character. I thought it was a really well a really well rounded performance. I liked it. She, she did, didn't she? I mean she had yeah. character and personality. I mean you're right, she could have been a a bimbo, she could have been a uh, a bit bitching in the in the Lindsay Nagel sort of sense, but no, I mean you got the feeling that she lived in a fairly sort of rarefied atmosphere and that she had star trappings and all that kind of business. But underneath it, yeah, just a genuine, sweet, interesting, fully well-rounded person. Yeah, and strangely well suited to Ned. Yeah, I I kept waiting for like the catch. I was like, okay, what's the catch here? What's going to happen? She's going to stab him in the back somehow. There's going to be a reason she's doing this. I thought when I was watching, I forgot how it ended. I thought it was going to end up with her using him as like a a test for like an upcoming role or something where she was mm. going to be married to a nerd or something in an upcoming film. But no, she just loved Flanders, and it was just the the fear of being tied down was the only thing that pushed her away. But up until that point, she just loved everything about Flanders, and I think. Her loving the Flanderisms and everything that makes up the, the character mm. of Flanders 
kind of made me as a viewer and as a fan fall back in love with the character because I think over the last couple of seasons, they, I wouldn't say they've lost their way with the character, but he's come across like a real dweeb and it hasn't felt quite there. Something's not quite right with the character, but they went full-blown Flanders with this and I, I once again really appreciate him for who he is. I agree with you 100%, Dana. They really steered into the, the netisms, the Flanderisms, whatever. Sometimes a little too much. At, point, at some points I thought, I thought, all right, tone it down a little bit. You're going a little bit too far. <laughs> Not everything has to be a Flanderism, but still, it still felt natural though, I guess. It did, but yeah. running parallel with that was the core goodness yep. of Ned Flanders. Genuinely sweet-natured, well-meaning human being. Yeah, as our pal Ned, and and this episode showed that to, uh, yeah, in in all manner of ways, and he got his uh, just reward for for being Ned in the form of uh, Sarah Sloan. Yeah, you already gave Marissa Tomei her her, her props, and but just to follow this, I I can't really sort of talk uh, enough about how good she is in this. I mean, I think a lot of people or a fair few Simpsons fans. Are fans of the character Sarah Sloan? I mean, she, I don't know if she's reprising or anything like that. No, I think, I don't know I think she might be again. one and done. I will see if she appears again, but this is the only one I know her from, but yeah. But I know that a lot of people are very, very big fans of Tamay's performance and consider her one of the best guest stars in the show's Do run. they really? Because I was about to say, I feel like not many people talk about her at all. I, I didn't even know Marissa Tamay appeared on The Simpsons until I looked up the, the, the this episode. I had no idea. Doing a little half-assed uh, internet research, it's like, yeah, Marissa Tomei is really good. <laughs> so it's like, well, duh. Yeah. I mean. yeah. But I, I just think one of the benefits of doing this podcast is that it's made me open my eyes that the guest stars didn't just all appear in the first 10 seasons. There's actually some really mm. solid performances from there onwards. And this is one of them. I think this is a, a, a great performance. I'm just looking up here on her Simpsons wiki page. She does appear in the episode Homerati, which is an episode I remember really enjoying not sure what season that was. I'll have a look. But it's where Homer becomes a paparazzi. Oh, okay. Um, it's from the 16th season. So, I oh know it's the season 18. 16th episode of season 18. So, four more seasons from now, she will reappear. It's probably just to get a photo taken by Flan- uh, by uh, Homer at some point. But, um, but yeah, this was really her time to shine. And, yeah, Marissa did a fantastic job with it. It was also great to have a Flanders episode that didn't um, eventually turn into a family-based, like a Simpsons family-based story. Because quite often it's usually... Okay, we've got a Flanders episode, he has a problem, and the Simpsons family help him solve it. I know Homer helped him to an extent in this, but it wasn't a case of Homer just putting everything, dropping everything and spending his time with, with Flanders to fix his problem. It was just, Flanders had an issue, I'm going to go talk to Homer about it, and then he goes back on, goes back on his way. So it was, it was very much a Flanders episode, which is I really appreciated as well. I was about to say, looking back over my notes here, I realised... Yeah, the Simpsons were very much a support, were supporting characters yeah, in this episode definitely. of the Simpsons. It's it's uh, it's very Ned, and I appreciated that for it. It just felt refreshing as well because I don't think we've had many side character based episodes this season so far. I'm just gonna have a quick look because I could be wrong. Simpsons season fourteen, we're looking it up here. So uh, first episode, no, no, but no, large Marge, no, Helter Shelter, Great Louse Detective. Uh, I guess that was kind of social, Bob, but it was still home of being uh, mm. attempted murder. Special Edna, I guess what you could say was uh, oh, an, yeah. a Skinner Edna episode. Dad knew too little, strong with the mind, pray. Yes, yeah, so it, it's all really been Homer and Simpsons family episodes up to this point. So it was just nice to have a 
just take a break, take a backward step for the for the Simpsons family, and just have them there, just to remind you this is the Simpsons show, but it was focused more on Flanders, and I think it, the episode benefited as a result. Yeah, and all the other stuff surrounding it. I mean, the first act, I guess. Were, yeah, I forgot what they're actually said. Oh, the yeah, the return of the red jellyfish or whatever, but the, the jellyfish yeah, dance yeah. and all that. It just was a, a lovely reminder of the vivid gallery of characters that exist in Springfield. I mean, they all just have little bits of uh, interaction here and there, but uh, it's like, oh, I like spending time with these characters. <laughs> you know? it, it reminded me of when I know people who live in Geelong, a lot of people hang shit on Geelong. Geelong's sort of like the, the butt of jokes, even though everyone wants to apparently move to Geelong now and our house prices mm. are, are skyrocketing. But yeah. everyone in Geelong, particularly if you have a family, our tradition now is, oh, the Christmas tree's coming back. So, so like, everyone gets excited. Like the town, every town has its own little tradition where every year this event happens. It used to be the gala parade. Do we still have the gala parade? The gala parade? I'm not Don't sure. think we have that anymore. It used to be a big thing when I was a kid. Everyone loved it. And it was just that one time of the year where everyone was friends. We all just got together and we fucking checked out this parade. And this, this jellyfish in, um, event reminded me of that. When the town, every town just gets together for that one annual event. Dando, you were, of course, forgetting the regular Friday night stabbing. In Geelong. <laughs> yes, in your backyard. <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't be happening anything bad at your place now that my, my old man mowed your lawn today, didn't you? That is correct. Uh, in more three degrees of separation in Geelong, I realised that uh, Dando's dad is a dab hand with the whippersnipper. And any of, out there, any of you out there who have gardens will realise that if you turn your back for two seconds and you get a little bit of rain, it can become a jungle out there. That's exactly what my became. I thought, mm, I could call my regular guy, but he would just look at me like, oh, man. Um, <laughs> I needed someone with no judgment, so I got one Mr. Dando <laughs> yes. to come on board. He looked at me and goes, oh, mate. <laughs> this, this garden I'm like I know right so <laughs> he went wild with the whippersnipper nearly three hours later my garden is looking immaculate I've thrown poison I don't know why I'm giving your dad that voice I, I mean it with all due respect <laughs> I've thrown some poison on that nothing's growing back there I'm like sweet I didn't want anything growing there good <laughs> so also worded me up he's like the council should be doing your nature strips I'm like really I've always been doing this no the council doesn't so well, apparently if you let them really go, so I might just do that again. But no, um, 10 out of 10, would recommend, no notes. Yes, well done, John Dando. Yeah, if you do live in the Geelong area, Dando's Lawn Mowing, look it up on Facebook and uh, chuck a message. I do run that page as well, and I'll make sure my dad does a tip-top job for you guys. Quote four-finger discount. Say you listen to Brennan's podcast, and he'll give you a good discount. <laughs> oh, what if you're on the podcast? <laughs> I did tell him to charge you double. <laughs> hey, my favourite What was your favourite moment from A Star Is Born Again? There were a couple of uh, musical moments that I liked in this episode There's a very nice use of the piece of music Cled Loon by Debussy, I believe it is Fans of the movie Ocean's Eleven will recognise it as the, uh, as the bit when they pulled the con and They're all standing in front of the fountain It's that lovely bit of light classical music It played a few times through this episode just as a little bit of a romantic refrain, I really liked it. But one bit of music I really loved is when they went to the John Williams pops and you heard this version of the itchy and scratchy theme that was just quintessentially John Williams. It was <laughs> straight out of a Spielberg movie or 
or, or something like that. It was like, but it was just, it was the, it was the itchy and scratchy theme, but just it was in the Simpsons perfect. universe. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully done. Like that a lot. Did you um, also appreciate the Benny Hill theme? I always appreciate a bit of Benny Hill. <laughs> it's one of those things that sort of has just disappeared now because a lot of people claim it to be sexist and whatnot. Product of its mm. time. It's it's very much of its era. Yeah, for sure. Shall yeah, we yeah. say? Yeah, but uh, I, I really I really liked um when Wiggum gave the headshots, and at the end he said, and and this is just me playing on me with an eye patch, and then as she drives off, I don't do TV. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually really thought Homer was one of the stars in this when it comes to funny lines in this episode. I really liked uh, when Flanders asked for advice. About having whether she have sex with Sarah at the end, hmm. stupid Flanders! I'm not giving any of my secret moves. Secret and then moves. Flanders says, "Why buy the cow when you can have the milk for free?" And it's just Homer or Dan's delivery of, "Well, I'm always interested in talking about free milk. Free milk. And if there's free cookies involved, <laughs> that's so much the better." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was good. What about you? Anything else you, that tickled your fancy in this episode? Um, speaking of Homer, where do I get Homer's pineapple shirt? It was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very nice. I I'm calling on you. Brendan Dando, merch king, <laughs> merch monarch. Uh, get on board with that. Make me a Homer pineapple shirt and I will buy at least two. At least um, two. Um, probably in Homer size, actually. I've actually got a Homer Moomoo shirt here if you, want, if you want one for you. Oh, I'm not that far gone. Next question. You there, eating the paste. All right. Trivia for A Star Is Born Again. My first question is, what was on the front cover... What was the sandcastle on the front cover of Barton Lisa's magazines? Oh. Sandcastle of what? It looked like the Opera House. Was it, was it the, the Opera, Opera House? House? Yeah. And now, this is going to sound very morbid, and I apologize, listeners. I no touch would hope this never happens. But this will be one of those moments where they say, Simpsons predicted it. If the Opera House if ever, God forbid, blows up or falls down, right? Mm. They'll take that screenshot of Bart holding up that magazine with the Opera House being knocked down by you know, the Sankers knocked down and I say oh, look the Simpsons predicted it that's what they do that's what these people do and yeah. I guarantee you if it ever happens you'll see that screenshot and they'll say Simpsons predicted it <laughs> I have a question for you sir yes what is it when does the return of the stinging red jellyfish occur it's the is it the uh, the third Tuesday of May sweepstakes oh yes oh yes I couldn't remember what, whether it was the third or the first yeah the third <laughs> My next question is, what was the name of the newspaper that has the Sarah Sloan headline about the, the smashed vase? It goes, and there's a little oh. newspaper that appears on screen with the, with the sh- made-up fake news. Yeah. Oh. Was, no? No, I'm Let blanking go. on it. I'm it's sorry. the National Whoops. The na- oh, that's right. I, did. Ah. I could see it now in my head, but I couldn't see it before, so... Thank you for putting that in there and boo to me for not getting it. By the way, listeners, if you can hear people like kids crying out there, I apologise. We're having a shit night with the kids and Nicola's out being thrown to the deep end. I can hear a baby crying. Uh, if you can hear it, I apologise. <laughs> all right, let's race through this so then they can go be a dad. <laughs> um, what did Wiggum plant on his wife? What did he plant on his wife? Yeah, when he, was, uh, when he wanted to meet her. Oh, hey, and uh, when he wanted to meet her. Oh, oh, we, I'm thinking of Flanders for some reason. Uh, Wigan planted crystal meth. Crystal meth. For some reason, I had Flanders in my head. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do love their relationship. We're seeing more and more of um, 
of what's her name? Sarah. She Sarah. That's it. Sarah's name yeah. as well, of course. Yes. My next question is: <laughs> what, Oh, Clancy. Yes. <laughs> what are the three things that uh, have their own stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in Ned's dream? Oh, bloody hell! Oh, oh, I'm gonna be so angry at myself because. Again, I can see them, but these glasses don't work because they're out of focus and I can't understand. No, I don't, I, I don't know. Please tell me. Godlessness, drug abuse, and <gasps> adult situations. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> I knew the third one was good. That was actually um, another one of my favorite moments, the James L. Book's appearance. I thought it was just so funny. <laughs> we'll talk about that because that was fantastic. Yeah, it really uh, was. Let's talk about it now for just for a moment. Hmm. James L. Uh, Brooks offers uh, Ned a Sponge cake, I believe. With what? Uh, marble glaze? Something glaze. Close. Something glaze. Close. I don't know. What a, is it? It's a delightful uh, liquor. Uh, Ran. Ran? D. Randy? I just said brandy. A uh, brandy. I said ram. I'm like, ram? <laughs> brandy glaze, yes. I'm not a man. I'm not a sweets person. And I'm not, a, I'm not an alcohol person, as you can clearly tell. <laughs> Also, folks, tune into my AMS, ASMR channel on YouTube where I just do that a lot. No, no, no. We- but that, yeah, it was a great appearance from James L. Books. I think it's the first time he's appeared on the show. And um, yeah, I think so. We'll talk about that during the review. Uh, do you have a question for me? My last one is what was Sarah Sloan's number plate? Oh. What do you win if you're a good actor? Um, accolades. Um, what's, what's the name of the major one? <laughs> The Oscar. Yes, so it's O-S-C-A-R, Oscar, yes. <laughs> Clever. Uh, I, I could give you one more question. You, I think you might get this one, so I won't. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll save that. Okay. When Ned is singing his song, mm-hmm. when would he ask Sarah's name? After dessert? I think during dessert, but around... Oh, at dessert des- or something. Certainly yeah, something dessert, dessert. Yes. yes. So, yeah. Oh, Dando, nailed it with the questions. I, on the other hand... Failed it, the questions. <laughs> you did good too, sir. All right, that is ah, trivia sucked. for A Star Is Born Again. We'll be right back after this short break with our full in-depth review of the episode. Woohoo! Yes, it's time for Patreon shout-outs. Kicking off with our man, Timothy Belson, Jonathan Rossi, Dylan Haggett, Zach Pruitt from the You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Andrew Zer, Kane Von Nagy, Christopher Darby, Joel Yoland, Jordan Molman, Richie, Katie G., Nick Barbaro, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Jenna Rice, Reese Roberts, Adam Sanderson, Matt Thompson, George McMenemy, Keith Nedham, Stephen Roberts, Ben Smith, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, The Iconic, June Fucking Richards, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, and Groundskeeper Noah. Also, shoutouts go to Adam Johnson and Ben Smith for this week. Thank you so much, guys, for your ongoing support. Remember, if you do enjoy the show and you want to help support and join the Four Finger Discount family, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount for a bunch of extra exclusives. Or if Patreon is not your thing, you can just simply chuck us a donation on PayPal at fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com. But for now, it's time to kick back and enjoy our review of A Star Is Born Again. The original air date of A Star Is Born Again was March 2nd, 2003. It was written by Brian Kelly, directed by Michael Marcantel. How, how, how do you reckon I should say this? M-A-R-C-A-N-T-A-L. Marcantel? Marcantel? I think Marcantel. Marcantel. Speaking of names being pronounced correctly, we finally know. Talia. 
Talia or Thalia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not not uh, what what we always said. Thalia, Talia Enriquez. Well, we were putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yeah, but, Talia, uh, Lia. Yes, Enriquez, our beloved patron who always contributes to the new names. I think she's and always winning it this year, actually. She's doing very, very well she's this time very, around. Very and well. now we can say her name properly. <laughs> say her name, say her name. No one is around you. So the couch gag for this episode, there's no chalk gag. The couch gag was the one that they've used before with uh, graining with the puppets. And you've mentioned how you think that's a take on graining losing control of the mm. show. Yeah. The episode kicks off with the family all getting ready for the beach. The kids are very excited. Uh, Homer's might have spent all night with Homer's cord. That happens to me all the time, especially in my, <laughs> my hoodies as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Nothing um, the worse. And that, you know, you always you get on YouTube to find out, oh, how do I fix this? And it's like, man, you put a safety pin through it. Then you're with, it's like... Too much of yeah, it. Just I, know how to, I know how to do that, dude, but not, <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> so the kids hold up their Sandcastle magazine. So Lisa's going to build one, but it's going to destroy them. Oh, then we get Maggie with the sunscreen. I thought Maggie was rocking that sunscreen. The glasses on. It's <laughs> <laughs> just lovely. Glasses and the hat and, yeah. and a load in the nappy, which is not getting changed today. Very relatable because sometimes we go for drives and as soon as we're in the car, Maggie, uh, not Maggie, uh, Holly's just like, <clears throat> we're like, nah, fuck it. That's staying in your pants. We ain't stopping. We're going. <laughs> is, is that her making a noise yes. or is that, that is that her grunting or is that she's just like, a... You, you know when she's pooing because she's like... <clears throat> and she goes bright red. Wow, not a, not unlike her father. Exactly right. <laughs> so they arrive at the beach and everyone's there from the town. They're celebrating the return of the stinging red jellyfish. Um, we get the gag on Fox here. You know, it's like, it's like every year it's when Fox gets a new president. Hmm. They've always done this, I guess. They did it. The, the most memorable one, I think, was from the Springfield Files where they say... Uh, they'll buy anything or whatever. That's yeah. one always stands out in my head. But, uh, um, my my favourites are something ribald, no doubt. Yeah, of course it know. is. <laughs> but <laughs> but also, I think I've talked up when they got Rupert Murdoch. I want to say I'm yeah. Rupert Murdoch, the billionaire tyrant. <laughs> <laughs> See, as a kid, I never appreciated that. It was so good. Oh, I just wanted to high five the TV after seeing that. I just thought that was so marvellous. <laughs> the fact that just the actual a, just man said it. Yeah, such a great play by the show. To, to <laughs> To get the ruler of all media just to call himself a billionaire tyrant. <laughs> I'm Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> so Ralph gets stung by the jellyfish and floats out to sea. Um, Dr. Hibbert explains how jellyfish were once um, considered a cure for certain things. Mm. They had cu- uh, cure pro- uh, properties. But now it turns out they only make things worse, just like laser eye surgery. Would you ever get laser eye surgery? Mitch got it done and it worked fine for him. I am considered it. I mean, I went almost 50 years without uh, having to wear glasses, and now I've got them, and I don't mind them, in all honesty. I mean, I'd, I don't mind them as a bit of a fashion accessory, and I don't mind reading with them, but there are certainly, there's the odd occasion where I think, yeah, this sucks, maybe I should get the zap. Mitch, Mitch endorses it, does he? Well, it works fine for him. Nicola's okay. considered it, but then she just sort of thought, she's just like... Uh, knowing me, I'll be the one that gets fucked up, you know, because it, it's not 100% foolproof. When you go to the movies now, do you have to wear glasses to see the movie? No, I just, I need them for reading. Just for reading, okay. Yeah. yeah. So Nicola can't see anything more than like 10, 20 centimetres in front of her face? Uh, Lou has them for the lovely Louise, yeah. I'm referring to, has um, 
she just wears them for every oh, for you know watching TV and things like yeah, that, yeah, but yeah. not for reading. Okay, yeah. Well, N- Nicola is pretty much legally blind; she can't see anything. Yeah. Oh. Well, she she can she can make out blobs, but yeah, if she takes her glasses off and I'm standing okay. a foot in front of her, she can't see my face. <laughs> Good for tough hiding. Me to, <laughs> tough for me to come over and pretend to be dead. No, no, no. I'd never, <laughs> never do that. Um, oh, Brenda, by the way, you get so good at kissing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Wow, been hit, been hitting the uh, buffet, have you there, uh, Brendan? <laughs> That's what you'd say. By the way, I'd, I'd like that the Hibberts all had the same laugh. Yes, that, that was, very, was good, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. Very cute. <laughs> We're now at the jellyfish cotillion. Is that how you pronounce it? Cotillion? Cotillion. Cotillion, yes. yes. Just a ball, basically. Mm. And they're all, all couples are dancing. You've got Frink with the robot and whatnot, and Marge is dancing with Homer. Lower. Lower. <laughs> <laughs> it was just silly, but it was just nice seeing Marge and Homer hanging out without the kids. Yeah. Then we get Skinner suggesting that they use free wedding songs. They're so still not being a very nice fiancé to Edna, is he? No, I just... I was very amused that he's such a cheapskate. Yeah. You know what I liked? That's another aspect of this um, episode that I forgot to mention at the start was that what this episode does was it sets up that Flanders is now really prepared to move on from Maud. Now, we had that previous episode where he realized he was still happy and he was okay with how things are, but this was him taking that next step and he was willing to marry somebody else. He's willing to move on. He's happy where he is in his life. Mm. And in the same episode, we had Skinner, uh, not being a very good fiancé to Edna, saying he wants to no cake, blah, 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 because eventually Flanders goes on in season 23 to marry Edna. So in the episode where it seems that Flanders was willing to move on and marry somebody, we got a little C planned here of Edna being mistreated by her fiancé, a.k.a. Skinner, and eventually these two, and Flanders will be the one that saves the day for Edna. What, what, what? Okay, yes. well... We'll get nine Spoiler seasons from, nine now, season from now. <laughs> we'll get to that uh, <laughs> down the line. Folks. Yes, not nine season. Uh, long term booking, long term planning. That one, that storyline was. <laughs> but yeah, so Skinner's just you know, not being very nice. Wiggum, you know, planted the meth on Sarah and whatnot. Then we get Flanders and Sea Captain. <laughs> I just love that there's complete disregard for Ralph, who has floated away. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Never seen him. Yeah. Hey, well, Sea Captain, looks like you and I are sailing solo tonight. Are you hitting on me? Because I don't do that on land. Uh, Flanders, he goes home or goes to the store, the Lestorium, to go sort his taxes. And Marge is feeling really sorry for him. And as he's walking off, Homer's pointing out that, you know, all these events, it's only getting worse. All these things, they're made for lovers, not widowers. Not widowers. Lovers. lovers. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I can take or leave carelessly cruel Homer, but sometimes it's actually pretty funny. But see, I, I don't take this as being cruel because I, in my mind, I'm thinking Homer doesn't think Flanders can hear him. Oh, no, Leo, he's not having a go of land, but um, just this insensitivity of like, hmm, yes, it's a, not widowers, lovers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this the music you were talking about? The music that plays during this walk scene? It is, yes. Yeah, it's really nice, isn't it? Very pleasant. Mm. But um, Flanner's got a, a sad walk to the left door and all alone. He sees the newspaper that lonely men die early. You're not lonely, are you, Mr. Davis? You've got the lovely Louise. I'm not that lonely. I've got my lovely children and my lovely wife. So hopefully we don't die early. I've got a For the sake very, of the, the listeners. Yeah, that's true. I've got a very nice cat and a, a sizable collection of Blu-rays. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> We're now at the Leftorium, and it was it was nice to go back to the Leftorium. I feel like it's something that we haven't visited in quite a while, or spent some actual time there, and it just made it feel like I wouldn't say classic era Simpsons, but it just made it feel more more comforting. I was like, ah, oh, it's Flanders in the Leftorium, you know. It certainly did. It's, 
and something that I really dug was that Ned is a good shopkeeper. Yes. He's, very, yeah. he's very good at what he does. You know, when Sarah rocks up, he's, he's solicitous, he's helpful. Yeah. I like seeing Ned behind the counter and doing his thing. He always makes, like, as he says here, you're the most important in the person in the world. You're my customer. You know, he yeah. always makes them feel like they're the most important person in the world. But This is know, like Dando of pop culture, people. <laughs> They uh, they really build sympathy for Flanders here when he's going through the um, the form here. You know, mm. he's married to a, a dead woman and things like that. He's just he's clearly at this point he's moved on from more, but he still misses her and he's still sad, yeah. which is completely understandable. But then Sarah arrives and she says, Are "You open, yeah, I'm open like a tomb on Easter." So this, this is where the, the Flanderisms <laughs> begin, and she's just completely taken by his innocence. And um, you know, she asks for some left-handed eye curlers. Do you have some? Do I? No. <laughs> You'll have some on Tuesday. So until then, she takes some, uh, a left-handed crimper, Bye. takes off her hat and reveals that she's gorgeous. And it was nice to see Flanders just go, oh, you're gorgeous. Yeah. yeah he's just, he wasn't, wasn't holding back. And she just can't believe that he doesn't know who she is because she's his big movie star. And he points out, oh, I know who you are. You're the most important person in the world. You're my customer. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she, can't, she, just, she basically she's just taken aback. And I feel like... Yeah. There would be celebrities out there who would appreciate going to see somebody who doesn't know who they are. I mean, some people would have an ego where they'd want to always be known, but there'd be some who'd go, this person doesn't know who I am. I can just be normal now. Yeah. Well, the episode's a bit of a riff on the, I believe it's 1999 romantic comedy, Notting Hill. Correct, Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant, where he plays sort of an everyday guy, this bookshop owner who... Meets falls for uh, this world famous movie star played by Julia Roberts, who falls for him back. And of course, there's going to be all manner of turbulence when you fall for someone who's very much in the public eye. Um, yeah, the, the, the episode's a little bit of a riff on that, but in all honesty, I, I much prefer Marissa Tomei to Julia Roberts, and um, <laughs> I just like what she did, what she does with the with Sarah here. I mean, that that introduction where you see how glam she is and I mean and they don't shy away from the fact that she is pretty Hollywood I mean you know she yeah. got the ding 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 nose the and all that kind of business but they, but they play up the, the bimbo stereotypes but she's not treated like a bimbo no no and I think a lot of that has to do with Tomei's performance I mean I'm sorry I'm going to riff on Tomei a bit because I mean she's actually well, let's say I mean she's worked solidly for a good three decades you know she was Oscar nominated for her work in My Cousin Vinny back in the early 90s Famously, she she was actually named the winner by I think Jack Palance uh, was uh, reading out the nominations and read out her name mistakenly apparently. Oh, and really? Was, that's, yeah, that's it was someone else. Yeah. Um, you, you should win by default if that happens, <laughs> just to save everybody the embarrassment. Yeah, but you know she's been great in comedy. She's been great in dramas. Um, she's you know the new Aunt May in the MCU, and everyone's like, Arr. I remember um, when she was in the Wrestler. Oh, yeah, Wrestler's a fantastic movie, yeah. and she's so good in it. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, you're right, though. They, do, they don't They do shy away from making her appear like she is an absolute Hollywood A-lister, and, mm. um, and, and, and Flanders is taken aback by her. He can't believe how gorgeous she is. But she just can't believe how real he is as well. And how down to the, earth. And, they, they touch yeah, her nose and that. Yeah, unfazed by her celebrity and her glamour and all that stuff. He actually even when, sort of... If, s- yeah, even when he finds out that she's a celebrity, it doesn't really bother him like, not bother no. him but he doesn't really play it up like, at, at no point during this episode does he use her status to ach- to get anything which mm. is what I liked about it as well it was just Very they both so. got along and they really liked each other and yeah. she 
even though she was an A-lister, just seemed to really like Flanders. She actually loved him. Yeah, it was just nice. Oh, yeah, good. Well, she invites him out for dinner. I'm here for a while, and I don't really know anyone. Would you like to have dinner tomorrow night? A woman asking a man out? Well, well, why not? And maybe I'll eat my steak with a spoon. Call me. I'm staying at the Springfield Four Seasons. Ask for Zelda Fitzgerald. What the? That's a Sue Diddley Udenim. Well, I've got a date with a girl with no name. It sure feels good to be back in the game at dessert. Maybe I can ask her her name, cause I can't pray for her without the right name. But ooh do I've got a date with a movie star. Sure you do. And I'm going apple picking with Scooby Doo. Toy 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 toy. We come back from commercial and uh, Homer is asleep on his um on his hammock and he eats the caterpillar, turns into a butterfly. That's a nice little visual gag there. And Flanders interrupts. <laughs> Can a guy drink alone on a Wednesday morning? So I thought this was sort of like a a follow up to the gag of, Oh, I love these lazy Saturdays. It's Wednesday, Homer. <gasps> it just feels like he just can't differentiate between Saturday and Wednesdays. <laughs> so uh, Flanders asks for advice uh, for his date with Sarah. And Homer just reassures him, don't worry, you, you, you'll be fine. Even though she's a celebrity, I once thought Marge was too good for me, but a small part of her died. Now we're, we're, we're all where we want to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that speech. <laughs> it just didn't quite sit right with me for some it's reason. It's one of those things where they've mentioned this numerous times. It's a, it's a sad aspect of Marge's character when they've made it, everyone aware that she was very talented and she probably could have been something. Not that she's not someone now. She's a mother. She's loved. Blah blah blah. Yeah. But she was. She could have achieved more. But I guess if you ask the character of Marge, though, she wouldn't say that she failed or anything because mm. she would. She loves being a mother. She loves being a wife. She just loves being who she is. But um, yeah. yeah but I I do agree. The the fact that Homer is almost okay with the fact that Marge had to settle for him. Yeah. Isn't nice, but whatever. I kind of feel like that with Nicola. Nicola had to settle for me. <laughs> Don't get me started on the lovely Louise. I'm like, what? Why? Yeah. This? Yeah. Come on. I, I was going to be around and go, I'll take it. I mean, I'm not going oh, yeah. to question it. I'm never, never going to ask her if she's if she regrets anything. <laughs> I'm not going to plant that idea in her mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, Lou and I were away uh, over the long weekend. Yeah. Went to the Mur- How was went that? To the, uh, you went to the Murray River, yeah. Yeah, went camping with a, a bunch of Lou's longtime friends who are now my friends because, you know, that's what happens when you spend four days in the in the hot sun drinking beer and <laughs> telling bullshit stories and all that kind of business. You but, camping, you know, like actual camping, I just cannot visualise it. I kind of enjoyed it, in all honesty. I haven't done it all that much, but, you know, we had good gear and we were surrounded by good people who knew, you know, their way around and, I don't know, took a dip in the Murray and all this kind of business. It was very, very nice. But, got you know, Lou and, I took a few, Lou and I took a few selfies because we've got this beautiful sunset behind us and all that. I'm looking at going, you are just gorgeous and I'm just not working from any angle. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're working from this angle. Yeah, well, anyway, <laughs> but uh, I, I can relate to Ned Flanders in the respect. as Like he says, I'm no Arthur Miller or Lyle Lovett. Yeah, famously sort of, I wouldn't say homely men, but uh, guys who 
would appear to be punching above their weight. Miller, of course, was married to Marilyn Monroe. Lyle Lovett was married to Julia Roberts. Oh, wowee. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so we're now on the date with Sarah and Flanders. She's wearing her disguise. I This moment here where Lenny walks up to the table, it's clear that the original gag was changed with this because their mouths do not fit what they're saying. Okay. Tell me a bit more about that. Well, I don't know what they, what they changed it from, but you, you, so Lenny says, "Can I ask for your autograph?" This is going straight on eBay, and she says, "Don't mm. worry, this isn't the worst thing that's happened." Then asked to do a plaster cast of her boobs, uh, but yeah, you watch it, and his mouth is not animated okay. to say any of those words. It's obviously a last minute change, I reckon. Interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, it wasn't it wasn't a very nice thing for for Lenny to ask for, was it? <laughs> it's a bit forward. It takes some serious <laughs> balls to ask that. <laughs> Flanders is then talking um, about all his kids on a date. And this is what happens. When Nick, Nicola and I go on a date, like when we go out for a date or whatever, we say we do that to get away from the kids and we just spend the whole time talking about the kids. the kids. When I'm at work, all I do is talk about the kids. It's like that. I guess because the kids are such a part of my life now, my whole life is just you know looking after these kids and hanging out with my kids. That's kind of like all I've got to talk about now. So mm. I think that's why I hang out more with my friends or people I know who have kids. Because my friends who don't have kids don't give a fuck at all. <laughs> but it was just nice here for Flanders. What it does is it shows that his family is the most important thing to him, which I thought was a well, nice touch. Yeah. And look, it was a nice line that uh, that Sarah's usually dealing with dudes who are interested in either Botox, tab- Botox Tybo, or Xbox. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> another way of showing that she's interested in Flanders for who he is. There's no motive here, no, no agenda. It's just... You be who you are, and I like I love you for it. I like you for it. Yeah. The only thing is, at the end of this episode, they both say, I love you, I love you, right? I feel like this episode would have benefited from a moment where she says, I love you to Flanders for the first time. Because mm. they kind of just drop... Because the I love you is a big deal. And yeah. they sort of drop it really nearly at the end. I, th- I feel like F- Flanders being able to come out and say he loves somebody for the first time post-mord would have been a big moment. It feels uh, like a bit of a, a quick wrap-up, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I feel like him saying... I feel like I may love you. It would have been a really emotional moment. That would have been the moment where he mm. confirms with the viewer and us fans that he's ready to move on. Well, he's willing yeah. to love love, love somebody else. Mm. I just thought they sort of robbed us of that, but that's not a big deal. I just thought the episode could have benefited from it, from having sure. that moment. Sarah, there's something I've been dying to do all night, so let's just get it over with now and hold hands. <laughs> Heaven's gate, I'm going to be tasting you on my mustache for a week. Want to try for a month? <laughs> I've got here in my um, notes, good for Ned. Good for Ned indeed. Yeah. And also just a great line. A, 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 this would work in any high-end rom-com as far as I'm concerned. Like, I'm going to be tasting you on my mustache for a week. Want to try for a month? <laughs> like, I thought that was... I got a genuine kick out of that line. I thought it was very clever and very funny. Yep. Marge is reading about the Flanderses. Sarah Sloan has been involved with every Tinseltown hunk from Affleck to Zamed. <laughs> yeah, she's had more stars on her than Lisa's homework. Mm-mm-mm. I thought Bart wasn't very well written in this episode. No, I mean, anytime you have Bart doing the like three clicky kind of thing or yeah. just trying to cash in on the phrase of the of the times or whatever eh, no but not cool. it's just it's not how Bart talks and also they have been saying this a lot in in recent seasons but hey look it's celebrity boy toy Ned Flanders I'm like oh, 
Did he have to say that? That's not what he would say. Anyway, I just think Bart was not a negative, but it's just kind of like, uh, I don't really think Bart would talk like that. It's not really Bart lingo. But then Homer gets the call from the tabloids. Yeah, she does look pregnant. <laughs> Is that one of those really strong mints? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the kids are then singing for Sarah. Rod and Todd are singing for her. I just love everything about Marissa's art. Uh, uh, acting in this episode but I love her delivery of you guys are jamming like she just <laughs> seems like she's having a really she really made the character feel real she just brought <laughs> such a such a loveliness to this character I loved it but yeah so she's and she can't believe that people like Flanders and, and his family still exist in the real world because she spent her whole time lately hanging out with celebrities and this is where the press arrive at the door how cool is that? is that mustache real? Will you kill Sarah like your last wife? <laughs> it was, that's like, it's morbid, but it's, it's the paparazzi, right? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I watched this doco on Netflix not long ago. I think it was, it's called Britney versus Spears. Mm-hmm. And how, I did see that on the um, recommended thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, was, it was pretty good, actually. But Was it versus her dad or whatever? Or? Yes, yeah, and all these uh, sort of legal mechanisms that have been put in place to basically deny her a... Her agency. It's yeah. uh, really shocking and really kind of uh, infuriating in a lot of ways. Uh, but there's a lot of footage of her being essentially stalked by the paparazzi, you know, in the throughout the early 2000s, and you can hear them saying stuff that's designed to elicit a response that'll get them a better photograph, get them more money, etc. It's like, look, I realise everybody's got to make a buck, but you guys are scumbags. Oh, 100%, yeah. Um, they, they break in here. And I know you're not a huge fan of Cletus, but I didn't mind this line, because Cletus is apparently a reporter now. But the, mm. your carpet of floors feel good, are my toes. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> you're just stupid, but anyway, I, I didn't mind yeah, that. It's Cletus. <laughs> are you sleeping with Sarah Sloan? Is that mustache real? You plan to kill Sarah like your last wife? Yeah. <laughs> had... It's the tabloids! Everybody run! Pose! Pose! Your carpeted floor feels good on my toes. Come on, let's concoct more lies. We're now filming the zookeeper's wife. And uh, this gets a bit uh, hot and heavy, doesn't it? It certainly does. Before we notice, though, and uh, patrons... Uh, on the Facebook page will have seen that there actually was a movie called The Zookeeper's Wife starring Jessica Chastain. So she undoes her type of Flanders interrupt straight away. I, I think I would struggle being married to an actress who, ha- who gets naked in movies. I don't know. I, I just feel like personally, I would struggle with that. What about you? Or do you think you just know what you're signing up for? I'd like to think that I would be... Honey, you're an artist. This is yeah. your art. Do as you please. I know but, that you're giving 100% for the role. But then the moment comes. <laughs> and no! your wa- And your wife is naked in front of all of these people. No! <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't matter, but honestly, I, just, I, just, I feel like I'd probably struggle with it. But anyway, I can understand. I can understand Flanders in particular being bothered by this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's turning into SpongeBob. No pants. And what do you mind the the, um, the little Hepburn joke here? Catherine Hepburn didn't get 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 topless or get naked. Well, there's still time. <laughs> Sir, there's no reason Sarah needs to do this scene in the all together. Sam, he's got a point. Catherine Hepburn never showed her breasts. There's still time. I want a rewrite with no nudity. All right, but you're gonna have to kiss a woman. Deal, Ned. We won. Yep. Now all we got to do is turn that woman into a fella and that kiss into a game of Scrabble. One thing that they 
started to play up in this story that didn't really have much of a payoff was Flanders being very protective of, of Sarah. Yeah. You can see it was starting to annoy her, but it she didn't let it get in the way of her. It's obviously that she just really, really liked Flanders. She didn't let it get in the way, but I thought that was going to be the demise of their relationship, but it wasn't. Uh, yeah, I thought that it almost seems like a natural progression for the story, doesn't it? And, yeah. And the relationship. But So, yeah, part of me is like, why did you go that route? But part of me is also... I'm glad you didn't go that way. Yeah, I think it's better for the Flanders character that he didn't push another woman away by being overbearing because that's what happened yeah. to the last woman. He cut True. her hair and everything. Flanders here is talking to um to Sarah. She says, you know, these guys aren't going to see me naked, but you might. And it gets all flustered. I thought it was a really nice, sweet moment. It gets all flustered. Think of the Bible, think of the Bible. And imagine <laughs> the Bible dance doing a sexy dance. And it's clear here that he's starting to give in to his urges again. He's like, oh, oh, okay. I'm actually <laughs> feeling things for this woman and I might play up on it we're now at dinner and Marge is telling Sarah how much she loves sleeping with Pinocchio and Honey Eye Scotch Guard of the Kids <laughs> Kids. and Flanders you know explains how he hasn't been as happy f- since they stole the 2000 election that, that joke just didn't really mean no. anything it sort of no. fell flat just keep politics out of it didn't, don't need it but I did like the Sharecrow though <laughs> uh, Mo tries to get his scoop this was Perfect for the Mo character. He totally would do this. Oh, know? God, yeah. Just, Just appearing out of nowhere, <laughs> trying to get the scoops. And then uh, Wolf, uh, Rainier Wolfcastle arrives. Rainier Wolfcastle? My ex-boyfriend. Sarah Liebchen, take me back. If tears could burst through my muscular ducts, I would cry like a baby who was just hit by Hannah. Rainier, you're too jealous. You beat up John Lovitz just because he presented me an award. Oh, come on. No one misses a handshake that badly. Sorry. I found someone nice who doesn't talk like a freak. Exactly. Tickly-tackly. My libido has been terminated. Oh, my libido has been terminated. (laughs) (laughs) I think Wolfcastle... The last few appearances have been really solid. They've really nailed him. He's, they've used him very, very well indeed. Yeah. Sarah can't believe that Ned is just so great. Um, and she's like, I can't believe... And, and you're not gay. He's like, no, nope, I won't even eat veggies if they're more than two inches long. <laughs> she then says no, she, I. she wants uh, Ned to come to Hollywood, or as Flanders imagines, Hollyweird with her. And we get the, the vision. Ned, I'm James L. Brooks. Oh, can I call you Jim? James L. Brooks is good. How about some sponge cake? Well, I can't see the harm. With a brandy glaze? <laughs> no! Or perhaps you'd like to go to a football game. Well, we don't have a team. No! Hey, Daddy Baby. We're movie producers now. And we're Jewish! Yeah! I just really love James L. Books here. I thought it was so great. Don't you mean Jim Brooks? Yes. <laughs> James L. Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just won me over with that. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Just, just offering the cake with the brandy glaze. <laughs> then watching game of football. We don't have a team. <laughs> <laughs> just Ned, just overreact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then Rod and Ty to be producers who are Jewish. Oh, uh, that's right. Uh, how good is the line also of Flanders? Uh, I, I think I can do it. Too many people appreciate it, ironically. <laughs> but Sarah says, well, if you don't want to come to Hollywood, then I'm going to stay here with you. I thought, there's, there's got to be something here. There's got to be a reason she's loving Flanders so much. But no, she just she yeah. just likes him. Just it's, into Flanders. Yep, that's sweet. So now they're driving around, or he's driving around with Sarah. And, hey, what's it like kissing a celebrity? What's it like kissing a woman? Woman. 
<laughs> well, what seems to be the problem, officer? The problem is I can't seem to get an agent. <laughs> Could you give your girlfriend my headshot? Uh, that, that's me as a greaser, Emperor of China, Eleanor Roosevelt, very regal, and uh, just plain me with an eye patch. I'll give it to my agent. I don't do TV! I <laughs> just love it. <laughs> and this just me with an eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do TV. <laughs> I like that he's, despite the fact that he's the chief of police, he's always had this dream of being in theatre or something. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and like he was in the B sharps and things like that. He's always dreamed yeah. of something of something more, being an, an entertainer. But then we have Flanders, and he's just happy shopping for a woman again because the last thing he bought for a woman was a casket, good. which is a very morbid line. But um, yeah, but also true. pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, very good, very true. Apu tries to palm off a couple of these kids to Flanders, doesn't work. But even though he's already palmed off three to Mia Farrow, <laughs> then the family enter and we get the whole celebrity boy toy line from Bart, which is whatever. But Marge invites Sarah to her book club and Mo is in the freezer and he's got himself a scoop. He's going to earn $5. <laughs> We're now at the book club and they're analysing why they didn't like uh, Bridget Jones' diary. I, I love those. Like, All my friends are dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was the same people who were in the Investorettes from the Pretzel Wagon episode. Oh, for yeah. real? Yeah. So it's just nice that they've they've welcomed Marge back into the group because they kicked her out, which is why she started the Pretzel Wagon. <laughs> but... Um, but Sarah has unfortunately invited the writer of the book, Helen Fielding. Fielding. And, um, A- actually played by Helen Fielding. Yeah. yeah I, was, I was surprised by that. Pleasantly um, surprised, may I say. And it, this felt more like one of the modern day Simpsons cameos where it's just, let's just shoehorn a celebrity in for the sake of yeah. it. Um, but it's, it still worked. I like, it's sort of like a, a bit of a jab here at British humour. Oh, you Americans don't understand a sophisticated subtlety of British humour. We're getting, they're getting ready for the concert that they're about to attend and Sarah walks down in a somewhat revealing dress. I'm like, I'm like boom, 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 wowee. How great, wow, we were. How great is, uh, is Todd here? Daddy, where do babies come from? <laughs> what are these feelings? Um, Flanders is completely uncomfortable with what she's wearing. And don't worry, Ned, it's just the illusion of nudity. I'm just like, and he says something here and makes a roll of rise. I'm like, come on, man, don't ruin it for yourself. You've got, yeah. a, you've got a smoking celebrity that loves you. Just, just stick it out, mate. Sarah is getting everybody's attention. At, <laughs> and how? Yes. She should be ashamed. That's disgusting. Don't look, Seymour. I'm a veteran, mother. A veteran bedwetter? Mother. Sarah, I hate to say it, but your top's upstaging the pops. Fine, I'll wear your stupid jacket. Fun fact, just quickly. Did you know that uh, Marissa Tomei is an anagram for It's a me, Mario? I did not know that. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Fun facts with Guy Davis. <laughs> um, uh, that's all I can think about now. <laughs> but uh, you, you won't be able to watch the next Spider-Man with going, It's a her, Mario. Yes. The um, when she When Sarah puts the jacket around her waist, I thought, oh, here we go. This is her first rebellious moment where she's just like mm. ah fuck you Ned I'm going to do what I want you know, you're not going to hold me back but it, it didn't really go anywhere which is nice yeah. Homer falls over looking at her I really liked the annoyed and then mes- being mesmerised oh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was quite funny Sarah then says that she wants to have sex with Flanders and I was like oh my and Flanders you know, he's, he's not really sure whether he wants to have premarital sex. And she's like, I knew you were going to say that. So she goes off to have a wine. She wants to relax. And 
<laughs> Homer's still, still on the ground. Ooh, looking at her. He's going to talk it over with the. He's going to talk it over with the big man, and it's Homer. I like that. Homer, Sarah wants us to have S E X. Stupid Flanders! I'm not giving you any of my secret moves. Well, I'm not sure I want to do it. I, I mean, who'll buy the cow when you get the milk for free? You know, the cow being me. Look, Flanders, I'm always interested in talking about free milk, and if there's cookies involved, so much the better. I just really liked. I'm always interested in talking about free milk, <laughs> and if there's a free, <laughs> the and if there's free cookies involved, so much the better. Much the better. It's just nice. Homer was his nice friend in this. He's just offering advice. You know, he calls him stupid flatters and things like that, but he's not saying it in a really mean way. He's just like, no, oh, no, it's just shut up, dude. You know, just just sort of joking. Look, I think there's some small degree of envy. In, yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. In Homer's regard of Ned, I mean, look, I think if you live next door to Flanders, it, we, he would probably rub you the wrong way as well. But someone that sure of themselves and their place in the world and their belief system and all that kind of stuff, you'd have to go, hmm, that guy's got it keyed in. He yeah. sort of knows what's what. Ned, look, I know I said I wanted this, but I don't want you to do anything you're uncomfortable with. Well, I consulted my Bible and found some verses supporting what you want to do. And a lot of verses against it. What does that one say, Ned? It says a man should make restitution if he eats his neighbor's grain. And that's good enough for me. I thought Marissa's delivery of just like that, oh, yum, while she's oh, having no. sex, I was like, she's really enjoying this. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would love to have had over the closing credits, and I don't believe we did, one of those... Seeing her act, act it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Like when you cool. had sync and all those kind of guys. I really hope that they did film all the celebrities over time appearing on the show, and we get to see them at some point. It would be really good, wouldn't it? I mean, I, if and when The Simpsons comes to an end, and look, all things it will all happen things eventually. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I would hope that they would do like a five-hour kind of special on Fox. Like a Netflix like, special or a Disney Plus yeah. special. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, we'll miss you, Simpsons, and here it is from Go to Woe and little behind-the-scenes bits. But yeah, I mean, if they filmed things like this, I think that'd be marvellous. And, and if they market it like, you know, hours upon hours of footage you've never seen before from like the 90s when they made the show, holy oh, yeah. shit, people would lose their minds for that kind of stuff. We certainly would. Yeah. You could almost you could almost make a movie out of it that people would watch, but I think just the Disney Plus special would be the way to go. Speaking yeah. of Disney Plus specials, holy shit! I cannot wait for that uh, Beatles one, which pretty much the Last Stand meets the Beatles, where it's just all that oh the Peter that, Jackson one, Get Back, yeah, where it's just all the footage that has just been mm. lost for all these years, where it's just like watching the Beatles as if that was filmed yesterday. Oh it's yeah, all, it's, I cannot wait. It's going to be unbelievable. I think it's like November twenty third or twenty fifth or something. It's so not it's far off. Not far off, not at all. So, yeah, so they're having sex and they're finished. And, uh, <laughs> As you do. Yes. And uh, she says that she you know, made a, it was so good, wow, maybe forget all about Bob Caliban. Who, or Bob Balaban? That's, Who's that? That's Bob Balaban to yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, noted American character, character actor, not exactly the sexiest joker in the pack, um, which is, I guess, kind of the gag. He's um, short in stature, generally plays kind of scientists or intellectuals. Okay. Um, What's he been in recently? Oh, he was in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, Recent, recently. <laughs> I think he's done a bit of work with my man Wes Anderson. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but <laughs> certainly not the kind of guy 
you would expect to be hooking up with the likes of Sarah Sloan. Speaking of movies, I watched Halloween 3 finally last night. What did you make of it? I will tell you after we finish this review. Tease <laughs> for the listeners. So let's let's wrap this one up before we um, get into that. We get too distracted. Okay. So <laughs> get the, you know, maybe forget all about Bob Ballard and oh, that's what Maud used to say. And Flanders says that now, now we're going to get married. You know, you get one free taste, like basketball was one free taste, and then you got to bite the scoop. That has scared Sarah away. She's she's not ready to be tied down. And then we get the lupus fun run. Ha ha, fight lupus. Then we get the news report, which wasn't Ken Brockman, um, but is talking about Sarah's wedding to Bob Balaban. Flanders is annoyed, and two hours later, they got divorced. Oh, we would have lasted twice that long. (laughs) But it just feels like Flanders feels more uh, confident in himself after this relationship because it wasn't anything he did wrong it was nothing about him. It was just that she wasn't ready to be married. That was the only reason she left. She she loved him. And even though Marjorie Homer kind of feels sorry for him, he started to get a lot of attention from women that he wasn't getting attention from before, like Cookie Kwan and things like that. So oh, yeah, Cookie Kwan. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's set up for the future. And like I said, Edna Krabappel eventually becomes his wife. So it was nice to get a little moment here at the start of Edna wanting more and Flanders will be eventually the man who delivers it to her. Then Helen Fielding <laughs> arrives and we get the Benny Hill uh, outro there she sort of runs into the camera and everything so yeah as you said I thought this was a really really good episode I thought it, it was indeed but let before we close oh, out Gracie um, what was it oh not the Gracie oh. but a nice little uh, a nice little gag in the closing credits James L. Brooks uh, is, is in his guest star billing is billed as Jim Brooks oh was it really nice touch yeah, well which, done <laughs> I thought that was really clever that is very good yeah yeah so just yeah a, a very well written episode that it was nice to a nice break from being more Simpson centric, uh, even though yeah. you know, it had some Homer in there. But it was just it was good character development for Flanders. Um, it's proven here that he's ready to move on. He was willing to get married to Sarah, and just a great performance from um from Marissa Tomei. I thought it was just yeah one of the better ones we've had in the last few seasons for sure. Dare I say, ever? I think this would be maybe of all the episodes I've reviewed so far, the three hundred five or whatever three hundred six, whatever it is. I think she's got to be at least top twenty top 25 i think she was really really relatable and just likable yeah and the thing about marissa tomei is had a very long career as we said been in some fantastic movies been in some blockbusters yeah, yeah. Oscar, oscar nominated all that stuff but never really sort of broke through and became a megastar in the julia roberts sandra bullock kind of thing and maybe that sort of works to her advantage and against her in some regards i mean she's not to like, hey, it's guest star Marissa Tomei. It's an actress who people really, really like and dig and appreciate giving a genuine performance. So maybe that's why it sort of snuck under the radar for some people. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think, well, certainly after this episode of Four Figure Discount, folks, there'll be a bit of a bit further reevaluation of it. But yeah, she's fantastic in it. And this is just a good episode across the board as far as I can tell. Honestly, I wouldn't be... This feels like it could belong in maybe not primo golden age like Simpsons, peak Simpsons, but but certainly a season nine, to that. season ten for sure. That's what I was thinking, nine or ten. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hmm. So now about Halloween three, before we get into the new names, so I watched it last night. <laughs> okay, and Grant, yes. I went to it very tired. I think I expected something different. I really enjoyed it, yeah. but I was ex- for, just from what I've seen from the visuals and the posters and all that. I thought it'd be more about kids being hypnotized on Halloween night. Right. That's what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, when I said it's really just sort of a mystery about um, 
yeah, who killed this guy and uh, what's going on at this freaky mask factory? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, it, it felt very 1982. Oh, very much so, yeah. <laughs> but look, that's my, the charm of it, though. I guess. Absolutely. My thought is when you've got modern horror m- movie filmmakers who are like, I want to make a real 80s throwback, this is the movie they have in mind. Yeah, if... I feel if this movie was just called Season of the Witch and not Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, people would remember it more fondly. I know it's got a cult following yeah. now, but it really needs to be separated from the rest of the Halloween franchise. It I certainly think It does, should be rebranded yeah. as just Season of the Witch and people would be more willing to accept it because you've got a lot of Halloween fans out there that yeah. choose not to like it because it hasn't got Michael Myers. When if it was just an 80s horror movie that was like this, you'd go, ah, yes, watch Season of the Witch on. It's a bit of fun, you know? Yeah, absolutely. As opposed to... And I do understand why people at the time would have been like, where's Michael Myers? What's going (laughs) on? What the fuck? Was there any warning that there was going to be no Michael Myers in this movie at the time? Um... Well, he wasn't in any of the advertising. Yeah. And... But still, it's fucking like a year after Halloween 2. Halloween 3. And it's... Yeah, but there's no... No shape, you know, no, none of that uh, white mask business, no butcher knife or anything like that. But it had the pumpkin, though. True, but the, oh, but it also had the goblin and the witch mask. I mean, it, oh, did, really, did, it really focused on the masks. Oh, did it? Okay, the, yeah, yeah. Silver Shamrock. Oh, yeah. Welcome to that. That's never going to add It's been in my head all day. Yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I think I, I know you said if you're going to watch a Halloween movie, you would watch Halloween 3. I'm still Halloween 1. Oh, yeah. Halloween 1 is a good movie for Halloween itself. Yeah. Halloween 3 is just all round, <laughs> all year round as far yeah. as I'm concerned. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? I learned that in one of those instances of Simpsons did it, mm. uh, there actually is a movie called The Zookeeper's Wife that came out a few years after this episode. I know we talked, we probably talked about it in this episode, yeah. but nonetheless... You didn't know it Simpsons, existed. Simpsons did it. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> I learned that he apparently can't be Christian and live in Hollywood. <laughs> Tell that to Mel Gibson. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, they, they kicked him out. From this day forward, your name shall be... All right, it is time for the Guy Davis New Name Championship 4, A Star Is Born Again. The current leaderboard stands at this. In third position, we have D.L. Gorman on eight points. In second position on 11 points, we have Talia. Enriquez, <laughs> or as in Spanish, it's what, Mr. Davis? Talia. Talia. And in first <laughs> position, currently on 14 points, is Philip Hawkins. Take it away. All right, all right. Well, a few of those names that uh, you mentioned there also get mentions this time around, an honourable mention, uh, shall we say, mm-hmm. for Thalia or Talia Enriquez. She gave us a couple of good ones. I love that you fucked it up straight away. <laughs> Did I say the... Th- you said Thalia straight away. <laughs> it's Leah. You emphasise the Lee. Yeah, but not Thalia. It's Talia. Well, it's Talia or Thalia. Talia. Anyway. Uh, let's go with a ta- <laughs> right, anyway. We love you, Talia. <laughs> Talia. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start calling her Riki. Okay. En- Enrique. Anyway, it's like calling her uh, no, unless she really hates that, in which case I won't. Um, so, especially to Talia. Talia gave us a couple of good ones: star-crossed lovers, which I kind of dug, yeah, and um, a sinister affair. Now I'll explain why, although people probably already get this. But the word sinister, although is derived, it, you know, it means ooh, spooky, yeah. but it's actually derived from the Latin word from the left side. 
Oh, it's the Leftorium. Did not know that. Well, there you go. Thalia is schooling us in in Latin as as well as the pronunciation of her name. So props to uh, Enrique. Honorable mention also to D. L. Gorman. They gave us one of their long ass rhyming multi stanza titles. Um, but check this out. Ned took Sarah to bed. Said they should be wed. Instead, Sarah fled. <laughs> Poor Ned. <laughs> Poor Ned. Deal. It's great. Uh, under different circumstances, you'd probably get points. But look, it's just too long. For it's a cre- title, it's yeah? creative, but it's just it's not a suitable title. That's right. It's a bit self indulgent, DL. <laughs> but it's also inspirational because guess what? Steve Roberts hmm. came up with something similar with Ned's in the Bone Zone with Sarah Sloan. <laughs> the Bone Zone. <laughs> All right, he's got the the one point for this week. One last honourable mention. Oh, okay. Nora Coker gave us sex education. That's so close. Very good. So close to getting a yeah. point. But it gets an honourable mention, which you might say is worth more than a point, except it is not. That could be a good title for an episode where it's like Ned becomes a, a, a sex ed teacher or something. I think so. Let's let's get to work on that one. Yeah. Let's get writing. We're going to write that long-awaited spec eventually. We do, yeah. <laughs> We're going to do a whole season's worth, aren't we, at some point? Uh, at some point. <laughs> we got time. We got plenty of time on we this. Have, yeah. uh, one point. One point. Goes to the ever saucy and ribald Becky Manners. Becky Manners. <laughs> what has she got for uh, us? One point for A Star is Boned. <laughs> what? Very, very saucy. Well done, Becky. Didn't Becky come through? Was it Becky that came through with the rib job last time? She did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Staying so, on theme, Becky. <laughs> I, think, I think I've got a bit of crush on Becky here, i got to say. Uh, um, so that puts her on two four points. points. That puts her on four points, by the way, Becky. Oh, four points for Becky. Congrats. Two points. Mm-hmm. Go to Steve Roberts. Ooh, that puts him equal fourth on seven. What Steve got for us? He gave us Nodding Hill. Sorry, Nedding Hill. That's perfect. That's a very good title. Well done, Steve. Very good. It's a really, really good one. But there's one better. Mm. And it got three points. And it's by Philip Hawkins. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's miles ahead now. <laughs> oh, it's going to be hard to catch Phil now, guys. Oh, the hawk has just taken flight. Uh, but, Dan, I'm pretty sure you'll agree that this deserves three points. Romancing the Sloan. Yeah. All the top three were all very, very good titles and worthy winners in their own right. But I'm happy to accept that Romancing the Sloan was your choice. It's very, very good. You should see the way Dando's looking at me. He's like, mm, uh, maybe this should be the Brendan Dando new name challenge. No, 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 no. Romance of the <laughs> very good. So Philip Hawkins. I, the only thing I'm thinking of is now it's not close. I, it is close. I mean, all it takes is Talia to get another couple of three-pointers and Phil Hawkins to have an off week. Nothing maybe, but may, Maybe we should just accidentally delete him from the group for a couple of weeks and then oh. he won't be able to contribute. No, we won't do that. We love Phil Hawkins. <laughs> oh, we're not going to hamstring... No, we, of course we're not. No, he's, he's bringing he's bringing the goods this this season. So he's a worthy a worthy winner so far. He hasn't quite won yet. There's still a few few more episodes this season. This is the thirteenth, I believe. So there's about nine more to go. Still plenty of time. There's still how many? Absolutely, thirty six more three point uh, points in the yeah. three point mark. Yeah, plenty of we're just, plenty of points. We're just a little way over halfway through the race. Yeah, let's, still plenty of plenty of time to go. Yeah. Uh, so that now leaves the leaderboard as still the same, uh, but Steve Roberts has climbed to fourth, equal fourth with Nick Patterson. D.L. Gorman's on eight, Talia Enriquez on 11, and Phil Hawkins climbed away a little bit there. Now six-point buffer on 17 points. 
do not forget, guys, if you do want to contribute to the Guy Davis New Name Championship, you're just going to be a patron, patreon.com slash discount for as little as a dollar per month. It's one single dollar per month. You can be a part of the Four Finger Discount Facebook community, the patron community, that is, and you can, can banter with Guy and myself on a daily basis. It's never merry old time. But you also get access to a bunch of exclusive content, early access to all the podcasts we do, and you also just, you know, go to bed at night happy knowing that you're supporting one of your favorite shows <laughs> being Four Finger Discount. But for now, Mr. Davis, that is the new name championship. It is now time for the mailbag. Yeah. Jamil. Jamil is here. Ooh. All right. The first question here comes from Mark Boston Burgess. And Mark Boston Burgess says, what's more important, nachos or boobs? I feel Look, it's a it, dangerous question to, to It's answer a very dangerous time. question, but it's a question that uh, people have asked themselves throughout the years. Um, <laughs> and look, in all honesty, who, who is going to deprive themselves of, you know, the wonderful tastes of guacamole and sour cream and salsa and refried beans, all of which you can put on boobs. So... <laughs> I knew that's where you were going. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I showed my hand with that one, but um, it, it is a really tough question because nacho, both nachos and boobs are fantastic. Um, I've got to go with boobs. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll have a burrito instead. Georgia Catherine says, if you could date one celebrity, who would you choose? Well, I'm obviously Drew Barrymore. She is my she's my celebrity spirit animal. I love her. Who, what about yourself? Uh, You'd be Julia Louis-Dreyfus, right? Oh, goodness, yes. That's a very good one. But I believe she's been happily married for some time. But also, also Drew Barrymore, but that doesn't matter. This is, this is in, a, in a hypothetical world where they're not married. You're not married. You've just met. You're both 30 years old. Go oh, for it. goodness me. Okay, JLD seems to be quite up there. Although listeners to the show know of my crushes on, I don't know, Emma Stone, Kate Winslet. Uh, I believe it was Andrew J.P., uh, in the comment section, who maybe put up a pic of the lovely Zoe Deschanel. Oh, yes. Yep. He put up a, a gif, in fact. I think Zoe D and me would get along famously. You think so? No, probably not. Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever interviewed her? I never have. That, oh. it, it, it was going to be on the table at some stage. Uh, and it was just cruelly yanked away from oh, me. That's a shame. That's a shame. <laughs> still, still, still could happen. Still could happen. Still could happen. Maybe she's a Simpsons fan. Maybe we should tweet her and see if she wants to come on the show. Very good point. Yeah, we'll see. Get on that, Dan. <laughs> use your use your charm. Andrew JP, what's your favourite British comedy? My dad oh. was a huge fan because I, th- I feel like the Australian generation, my, my my parents' generation, were raised a lot more on British comedy than what we my generation was. So he watched shows so. like um, some others do have them. Uh, there was On the Buses he used to watch quite a bit <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a really funny one that's one I remember a lot from when I was a child um, Faulty Towers is another good one but I found that one myself my parents weren't huge fans of Faulty Towers mm. and it went for like one season as well but it's such an iconic show that's true it's, it's like the UK version of The Office there's only a, vi- there's only a handful of episodes mm. of it but it's like pivotal they never make many episodes per season in the UK. It's always no. just like six episodes, seven episodes. But yeah, it's like ten yeah, seasons, it's... and it's like the equivalent of three seasons from, for an American show, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Nicola, um, she watches a lot of British shows, but I was a big fan of Mr. Bean as well growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's another British one. What about yourself? Uh, look, some of those ones that you're, <laughs> you um, mentioned that your parents liked were kind of the uh, the wallpaper of my youth as well. Things yeah. like On the Buses. Some others do have them, definitely. I mean, what was the it, um the inspector, not the inspector, but like the boss in on the buses? He had the mustache. Uh, I think he was Blakey. Blakey, that's the one. Yeah, that's right. Blakey, and he yeah. was, like, 
I'll get you, Butler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, also a lot of that stuff is just, it does not fly by 2021 uh, standards. It yeah. barely flew by 1971 standards. Things like Love Thy Neighbour and... Um, uh, um, Love Thy Neighbour's... Pro- oh, mind Your Language, that's the one. Mind Your Language was this sort of mild-mannered uh, English as a second language teacher who basically had a class full of stereotypes, you know, like the sexy French lady and um, the unwashed Greek man and, yep. you know, the lecherous Turk and all this kind of... It really was stereotypes ahoy. Which one um, had Black Mambo as a neighbour? Or Black uh, that, Sambo? That's, that's Black Love Sambo. Thy Neighbour. A Love Thy Neighbour, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which... I mean, I think the point of it was that the white guy was terrible. He was, a, you know, a horrible, unevolved human being, and his uh, his black neighbour was a genuinely nice guy who tolerated this old school racist far more than he should have. But the, the lesson of the show was: don't be like the white guy. Although a bunch of white guys who were like they were going, yeah, I don't think I want a nignog never next at all to me neither. Yeah, um, not good. Not not really good. No. Um, there's another one uh, that my uncle Darren. There's another one Michael Darren used to love was keeping up appearances. Oh yeah, with um snobby hyacinth yeah, bouquet proper lady. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. But I'll tell you the the English comedy or TV comedy that. Oh, actually, no. There, I think there was more a series of movies than anything else. Uh, but the Carry On movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Which uh, you know, just completely immature, retrograde. Uh, all, you know, tits and bum comedy. But they're so sort of innocent with it that I just get an absolute kick out of it. I mean, and also, it's a, it's very much a warm nostalgia blanket of like, oh, is this what being a grown-up's like? Oh, can't wait for that. Um, and then you look, it's like, mm, it shouldn't be, no. <laughs> uh, Brian Hughes, so Ned is willing to have premarital sex once with a lady. What's up with that? He could be slaying it all weekend with different ladies as long as he never goes back for seconds. As Easy E said, throw him in gutter and go buy another. Jesus Christ, Brian. I'm not touching that one with a 10-foot pole. Nor am I, Brian. Uh, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> but he does actually raise a valid point. Um, NWA lyrics or Easy E solo lyrics notwithstanding. Um, yeah, that is interesting. Uh, but I, I get the feeling Ned is someone who does have to make a bit of an emotional connection. I don't think he's going to be going out hitting and quitting it, as they say. I mean, how long was he with Sarah before they actually did the deed? It was it'll be a while. I'm not sure. I would say a few weeks at least. It seemed from the, yeah. from the episode time transpired. But yeah, um, but yeah. I, I, well, we know. I know for a fact that he ends up dating other people in the future. So I'm assuming he continues to do so. Yeah. And uh, we'll pick one more question. Reese Roberts says, "So, what is your favorite, or what is the, f- so what is the favorite classical music concert you went to? His was the, oh, I can't even pronounce this, NZ. Is mentioning New Zealand? Mm. Oh, symphony. Okay, so we New Zealand Symphony Orchestra doing the four last songs by Richard Strauss. Well, hoi polloi. I mean, Reese Richards is a bit of a fancy lad, and good Reece, on him Reece, for Reese Ro- Roberts. Reese Roberts. What did I say? Reese Roberts. Reese Re- Richards. Reese Richards." <laughs> Clearly, I thought he was Mr. Fantastic from the yes. Fantastic Four. Uh, <laughs> Reese, my apologies to you, good sir. Um, I, I wish I could say I'd actually been to a... I don't uh, think I've been to one either. I may have been to one when I was on that uh, sort of trip through Europe with my folks when I was a very little boy. 
And, you know, we were trying a bit of everything. And I, I believe we went to the opera and the ballet at some stage. So I wouldn't be surprised if I was, you know, sitting there all twitchy going, when is this classical music over? Does you it know. count that I sing the Geelong theme song at the footy to the Torridor song, whatever it is? I would say that counts. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, that is the mailbag for A Star Is Born Again. Thank you so much, guys, for your questions. Going forth from next week, I'm going to be posting on the Four Finger Discount Twitter and Instagram asking for some mailbag questions in there. So if you do have some questions, uh, do so. Uh, do post them in there. Check us out at Four Finger Pod on Twitter, at Four Finger Discount on Instagram. Actually, before we go, I might just dive into our mailbag, our Simpsons mailbag at gmail.com and see if we've got any questions in there. Okay, we've got a, a few in here. Let's pick one for this week. All right, so uh, Mike Salter sent in saying, Hey guys, love the podcast and I'm slowly going back through the old episodes and I love them all so far. I just got to season eight when I found out that Disney Plus have now added the Japanese dub as an option in the UK for the first oh. few seasons. It's my second language, and watching them feels like watching the old Simpsons for the very first time again. (laughs) The voice actors add their own quirks, the jokes are slightly different, and they feel very new. It's like being transported to seven-year-old me watching the show on a Monday afternoon on BBC Two all over again. If anyone else is learning a language that The Simpsons is available in, I highly recommend having a go at watching it. If you guys could instantly... Here's a question. If you guys could instantly learn another language, which one do you think would suit The Simpsons best? Thanks, and keep up the great work. Oh, salty. Um, first of all, that's a, that's a great letter. Thank you so much for sending that in. Yeah. Um, you sound like a very interesting cat, I've got to say. Um, an interest- I always find the German language very interesting to listen to. Yes. I, I may have to agree with you on that part. I was thinking either German or Russian. Yeah, Russian. I think the German, because I'm pretty sure the German Homer and Marge got married in real life. Let me have a look. Oh, wow. Voice um, actor Homer Marge married. I don't, know. I don't know if I've ever pointed this one out to you, but um, there was a, a clip going around Twitter of the Japanese dub of Heat. Oh, you know, the, okay. yeah, yeah, the De Niro Pacino crime movie. And it's a scene where Pacino's sort of scouting around. He's I, love thinking, the, I love that you have to explain what Heat was to me. I love Heat. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> there may be we've so got other people listening, listening out there, out there yes. as yes, well who may be like what is he talking about his heating bill what's he talking about uh, Pacino's sort of stalking around this parking lot yeah, he's yeah. on the search for De Niro and he realises De Niro's actually watching him and he's sort yeah. of like he's pretty impressed by this and I don't know who the Japanese guy is doing the voice but it's like and Japanese listeners and speakers of Japanese forgive me I'm just going to do some gibberish that sounds Japanese but just to give give it this uh, the tone of this guy's voice, it was something like, "What's the deal?" It's like Pacino. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was really really good. If I can find it, and, oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the uh, the recording levels as we did that, and the bit where I did the laugh is just off the scale. So watch your ears, Dando. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I really I thought that was very very funny. If I can find it, I will share it with all of you. I was just looking up. It's the French uh, voice actors who got married in real life of Homer and Marge. Of course, the Frenchies would. Yes, that's um. Yeah, I, I think I believe the guy who played Homer has now passed away. Maybe it's, oh. so a very popular voice actor of Homer in another, another country passed away. So um, that's that's a bit sad. But uh, yeah, it's pretty cool that the French Homer and Marge got married in real life. It's pretty cool. That is. And thank you, Salty, for that question. Yes. If you guys have any questions, simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com or if you just have a nice little message for us, we'd love to hear from you guys as well. Please do not forget to also rate and review us on the iTunes or on Apple Podcasts, I should say. Follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod 
at Four Finger Discount on Instagram. And you can follow us on Facebook as well. Next week, Mr. Davis, we're going to be reviewing the episode Mr. Spritz Goes to Washington, where Krusty becomes a congressman. Huzzah. By the way, are we any closer to that 500 mark? I believe we're still stuck on 498. It really upsets me. Let's what? Have a look. Only well, too short. Four Finger Discount, iTunes. Let's have a look. We're going in there now. We really want to get to 500, guys. So if you just take a moment. Yeah, 498. We're stuck on 498. Just oh. two. There's tens of thousands of listeners out there. We just need two of you. Just two. One, two. <laughs> to leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. We can finally hit that 500 mark. And do leave us a review and we will read it out on the show as well. And if you want to support the show, you get a bunch of exclusives in return. For as little as a dollar per month, you go to patreon.com slash discount. It really is the best way to support the show. All of Patreon is not your thing. As I say, you can just chuck us a... PayPal donation at fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com. But next week, we're going to be doing Mr. Spritz Goes to Washington. This has been A Star is Born Again. Mr. Davis, any final words for our incredible listeners out there? All those podcasters looking up a dress. That's not right. Shh.